0: That looks so dorky. (laughs) Right here, Hello and welcome, my friends. Welcome to the Black Ink Podcast. This is episode number 27. If you're a long-time listener, thank you for joining again. And if this is your first time, fucking put your seatbelt on, strap yourself in, because it's going to go any fucking direction. Now, I need to address the elephant in the room. I know what you're all thinking. Yes, yesterday's podcast, I was a little bit on the fucking sleepy side, I guess you could say. Look, I got caught out, as I mentioned in the podcast, I fucking... Look, what happened was I had so much to do and obviously being, um, I was going to say being Sunday, it was definitely Monday. Being Monday, I have like heaps of stuff that I have to do because it's Monday, because it's the beginning of the week. And then uh, just life's been pretty crazy here, like actually, like personally at home as far as uh, Larissa's been house sitting. So it was her first night back yesterday and she didn't finish work until five. And the bloody, we needed to do shopping when she got home. So I was like, get home at five, do all the shopping and then like cook dinner and chill out and it's the first night in two weeks that we've had a tv on a tv stand in front of the couch and like everything's working and when i say in two weeks we moved in two weeks ago and put the tv there but straight away fucking the sound didn't work and we didn't have a tv cabinet so it was on the ground and it was just a head fuck and then anyway as i mentioned um previously we got donut. By the way, Louie's in the background chewing on her toy. It's easier just to let her keep doing that than it is to fucking interrupt her because then she'll start barking at shit. So my apologies if the microphone's picking up that. It's probably not, but... So anyway, we got donated the, you know, various bits and pieces of furniture. So, you know, got that all set up and sat the TV up there, but obviously it still had the sound issue. So I've just been... Well, I ended up doing like a TV factory reset or something on it. And it all started working. So last night was like the night that everything kind of came together for Riz and I to be able to... You know finally our fridge is full of like real food and like going from like a caravan fridge full of food to like a real fridge full of food it's just like you look at it you're like oh I can I have so many options you know that aren't just bloody single-serve mm. and what I'm getting at is yesterday my day was so stacked with shit and I think I got to the middle of the day and I was like oh, I'm about to have a have a sit down for half an hour or an hour whatever it was no it was an hour because I knew I had an hour before I could you know like An hour before I had to leave to make that errand, the next errand that I had to run. And then I was like, fuck, I need to record a podcast. So I was in a situation where I had to do a one take because I knew if I didn't finish recording it, then I wouldn't, like if I got halfway through and started recording again, then it was gonna push everything back for the day and it was gonna blow out. So I was like, right, I've gotta make it work. And then I think because of the pressure that I put myself under, that's when I just like, I was really conscious about what I was talking about and I was fucking shit in the bed as far as topics and like talking about shit that I wasn't super passionate about. And that part, like if you've watched, if you listened to yesterday's and you're listening to this now, no shit. There's one part in there where it like goes from me just going like, fuck, what am I talking about? And then it just cuts to me coming in. That's like fucking eight minutes of, there's like four minutes of me just looking at the sky, not knowing what the fuck is going on. It was crazy. It was crazy. And it's like one of those things that once... It's like once your mind realizes that you have a mind block, it doesn't try and help you. It just like goes, let's see if we can make this block any bigger, you know? Like, and then you just all of a sudden, you're in a fucking vast sea of not knowing anything or having any experience in your life to talk about. And I just ended up getting angry and talking about dumb shit. And yes, I did shave my face. I I know that's... If you're watching me, I fucking shave my face. Do I hate it instantly? Of course I do. Am I growing with it over time? Not at all. I feel like I have like a really weird chin and too much upper lip. I'm like a bloody Homer Simpson almost. You know, it's like, why is that, why is it so puffy there? I don't understand that. It doesn't need to be like that. But it's all good because I got this three day old McDonald's coffee that's been in the fridge, which is actually surprisingly good. So where my fucking like aesthetic appearance, uh, levels are down in my own head. But I'm fucking caffeinated on the other side. So, you know, it all, it, you know, it diffuses, it balances out. So I'm meeting somewhere in the middle and I'm talking with you right now. Mm. Damn, it's good. It's like good in a bitter way. Yeah, it's good in a bitter way. It's good in like an earthy way. And that's it. like I poured it out of the Macca's Cup into here to make sure that it didn't have, you know, fucking specimens in it. But I tell you what yesterday because of like the nature of how the day panned out and I've got a point that I'm getting to here I'm not I'm not a podcast that talks about what I do day to day I feel like fucking really mundane and pathetic you know like talk about some ideas you know but uh yesterday obviously I had my time restraints and I found myself like kind of putting myself under pressure to record the podcast and didn't do too well and obviously um being the performer or entertainer that I am I want to take away from the experience to go like right is what I made actually still usable? Where did I go wrong? Where could I improve for the future? And I go back and watch all those blunder spots and I'm like, what can I do in those situations to do better? And also like, how did I manage it in that moment? I was having this conversation with a friend the other day. Yeah, no, no, I will talk about this now. I was having this conversation with a friend the other day, like when I I think about what's going on in the podcast, this is something that I've learned from watching myself back, which By the way, if you make any sort of like, like if you post videos and shit on Instagram, you should be watching them back a million times. So you're looking for all the different little things that can go wrong. And the cool little things about watching yourself back is you get a really good sense. Like you get a good understanding. Like I know what I look like when I'm talking to the camera with one side of my face or the other. I'm not consciously thinking about this while I'm recording. But it's definitely like I know that like if I'm making a point and I lean in a little bit and I hunch my shoulders a bit, it's like I'm almost telling you a secret sort of thing you know and obviously i'm getting closer to the micro and all these things you pick up the nuances in how you act and how your character comes across and how you appear are all things that you learn when you watch yourself back and the interesting thing i found about watching myself back was the parts where i'm my most insecure aesthetically nothing is changing that tidal wave of like anxiety in my mind is in my mind like the the times when like this is a thing i always find like when you say something kind of bizarre you know, say you're in, sorry, let me give you a setting. You're talking to someone, maybe, you know, you're you're friends, you're more than acquaintances, but you're not like friends, friends, where you completely understand where each other's coming from. And you throw out just a random bit of information that's not really anticipated by the other person. And that moment where you're just kind of looking at them going like, did I just put my foot in it? Did I just, did I offend them? Did I say something too crazy? And they have that moment of looking at you. All those thoughts are running through your head and like your face hasn't changed at all. So like according to each other, someone just said something bizarre and they're standing their ground and this person's just receiving it, standing their ground, listening to it. And But internally, you've got two people going like, what the fuck did they just say? And the other person going like, what the fuck did I just say? But you know what I mean? Like the thing that I've taken away from this is like, when I'm having those moments in my mind where I'm like, say something or what the fuck did you just say? Or where am I going? Or what the fuck are you talking about? I'm just like, yeah. And, uh, that the crazy part is, duh, 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 you know, so I've definitely learned that not only on the podcast, but in real life, if you're shooting your shit and there's silence, just fucking lean back into it. Just be chill with the silence. You know what I mean? There's this great quote from, um, I think it's the office when that, oh, I'm not sure that I don't know the character's name or the actor who plays him. So obviously just completely fucking useless at this point, having this conversation, if I have none of the required information. But if you watch the US Office, you know the character that plays the... Um, I hate it when they do this in podcasts as well, because if I'm talking about A, a show that you don't watch, or B, a character that you can't identify, this whole conversation fucking pointless, and you're doing it just to hear the sound of my voice. So good on you, keep going. But if you know the character in the office, that he's the one who replaces Michael. So Michael ends up leaving, and then they go through, like, fucking Will Farrell And then... Oh, they go through a few people, but like they end up sticking with... um. Oh, he ends up he ends up like being the branch manager and then instantly becomes a CEO, like talks a CEO into giving him her job and he ends up being the CEO. And just like he has this moment where somebody says something and they go, like, Oh, aren't you awkward? Or does it like doesn't this feel weird for you? And he's like, I'm never uncomfortable, I never feel weird, I never feel awkward. And I remember that always stuck with me because I'm like, oh, I thought being awkward was like a human response that everyone had. That's the fun part about being awkward is the relatability of it. When you see someone being awkward, you're like, we all know what that feels like, except you're the poor motherfucker who's feeling it right now. And then having like, obviously this dude's an actor, you know what I mean? But basing this character off, obviously some sort of like, there is someone out there who obviously is this in real life, kind of made like an option to me going... Well, if he's the sort of motherfucker that doesn't get awkward and if you're unfamiliar with this person as well, this character in the office, in the US office, he's very confident. He's very sure about what he says. He breaks literally everything down to like everything in life is just sex. Everything is built up on top of that, you know, like business and morals and friendships and ethics and all the rest. But he's a very like, he's a very CEO type figure. He just has that energy. And this idea that like you can go through life and not be awkward, like was so interesting to me, it's like being awkward almost became a decision. And then you start finding like, and this is the thing when you when you have something like that happen, I find when someone says it's kind of like when someone says something cool around you like, Oh, yeah, that's choice. And then you're like, Oh, I like that identifying word or something that's cool. You know, the choice something's choice. It sounds cool. When you say it, I kind of like, I like the idea of who I am when I say it to other people when I imagine it in my mind. So I want to start adapting it into my vocabulary. And you slowly but surely wait for those options where, like, you're about to say, "Oh, that's cool," but instead of saying "that's cool," you say, "Oh, that's that's choice, that's choice." And then you get to a point where, like, your automatic response when you see something you you appreciate, you're like, "Oh, it's choice, it's choice." You get to a point where you kind of make it like a, like you almost break down the word just to tie in with your accent from wherever you're from. It's choice, you know what I mean? So, I find that like, obviously within that, we can see within that structure there's a bit of, like conscious um what would you say like conscious uh, redistribution of your vocabulary conscious like reworking of that path in your mind so like instead of using the word cool I'm going to use the word choice instead of being awkward I'm going to be confident and without it we you know without being kind of arrogant about it that's how it is that's how it is like if I decide in that moment that it's like Oh, if you're awkward, that's all good, but I'm not awkward right now. You know, the difference between me and 10 seconds ago is that 10 seconds has passed. You know, like there might have been something in my head where I can register like, oh, this is an uncomfortable situation, but I'm not awkward, you know. And like sometimes, and this is this is the thing, that, that there's also an element of taking full responsibility for this to work. Because if you're in a situation that feels awkward and it's created an awkward like kind of vibe around you, like say if you're a guy and you're around a group of girls and you fucking absolutely put your foot in it and say something stupid and they're all like looking around, take responsibility for it. There is an option somewhere and all of the fucking, all the different universes that are out there, all the infinite versions of you, there is one version that figures out how to get out of that situation without looking like a fucking dork. You know, it's just your job to figure it out. If you take responsibility for that, for that situation, you can then rework that situation to some fucking crazy four-way situation where you end up in a hotel room and you, you know what I mean? Dude, that's, that's how the fuck life happens. You know what I mean? That's how life happens. I was so crazy that I made that little joke then because not that I was searching for something to read. I was in my file of stuff. You know, if you, if you're a long-time listener, I read out a little something about... I don't know. It was in this it was in this podcast area, so I was within a couple of weeks, I just record so many podcasts that I lose track, you know what I mean? Because daddy puts in the work. That's what I do. But I pulled out something that I want to read. I'm probably gonna leave it to a little bit later on so only the real fucking diehard fans listen to it because obviously super insecure about it. I'm not confident at all about reading it. I just know that No no you no know, I, I did the same thing on the last podcast, you know. I um it's not that I'm not confident in reading it. I am just overwhelmingly um concerned that you know I fear I fear that some people will hear me read it you know what I mean that's all it is like I'm scared that the cool kid at high school is going to hear me read this about so like, look at this fucking faggot you know what I mean like that's what I'm genuinely scared of is these people in my life that and like not only people that I've like been scared of per se or even like having my mentors saying like oh like this is this is what you podcast about you read out your fucking thoughts and feelings from years ago yeah, I guess I'm that guy, I guess I'm that guy. Maybe I'm just like, I've got more of a problem with myself than what I realize. I, not, not a problem with myself, maybe it's just an insecurity that I haven't quite, sh- you know, shone a bright enough light on so I can understand what the insecurity is. I feel like, in and oh man, it's like that, it's like that, um, oh, I'm not gonna reference a song because I'm not gonna be able to think of the artist or the song name itself, but I'm a million different people in, uh, on a million different days, it's so true. Like, some days I wake up and I'm like, you know what? My writing is that shit hot. I could just release YouTube videos of me just reading my writing, and that's all it is, and then explaining it afterwards. And I'm probably fucking right. Like, it's all in execution. As long as you frame it the right way, as long as you package it the right way, then that's what you are, you know? That's, like, that's what you are. So I could, you know, like, obviously wake up the next day and then you go to set up the camera and and like, it's not a good idea anymore. And all of a sudden you're just like, what the fuck am I doing? And you read it too fast and you know, do what I'm doing and put yourself down. And then the next day I wake up and I'm like, dude, you should read three in one video. They're that good. So it's just like trying to listen to the right voice on the right day. And this is like something that I've found. I talk a lot about living intuitively. I find that when the voice is in your mind telling you to do the thing, This is the fucking craziest thing I'm going to say now. I'm saying it out loud. But when the voice is in your mind telling you to do the thing, that's the best time to act on that action if possible. I've always found that every time I have a good idea, if I execute the good idea as quickly as possible, it's got such a great chance of that idea actually like actualizing how I imagined it because the problem is when I have good ideas and sleep on it and this even comes down to like having something to talk about on the podcast if I have like and this is the thing like I have an idea I'm like oh that's a great topic and I'll write down like four words the next day I come to it I'm like oh yeah like definitely but what the fuck was I gonna talk about like having that moment where you have like a spark a good idea go and do it I feel like that's not only beneficial for the idea at the time, but the practice of having good ideas and being able to execute them, which obviously in a situation like I'm in is hugely, hugely important. Because like, I feel like there's a, without branching off too much, i branched off, off a branch, off a branch. At this point, we're on a fucking twig. Like all fucking 10 of us are just all balancing on this twig together. But I feel like my business is a... I, I probably like 40% of it is like a structure that all I need to do is just go through the motions and repeat, make sure that you know my ordering process is silky smooth, that I'm marketing myself really well, that my products are on point and I'm always increasing them, always upgrading them, doing what I can do to be better. And then like, you know that kind of takes care of itself. I know what to do day in, day out, record my podcast, make sure that you've got new things on the horizon. And then 60% of it is just fucking driving a vehicle of like infinite intelligence through fucking stardust looking at the good ideas going past and picking which ones you're going to grab and fucking run with. You know what I mean? Like that's, I honestly feel like the more I get myself away from what I think Black Ink is, the more I realize what it is. That's the whole fucking idea. So sometimes I, I feel like, "Honor, oh, you've got to stay in. We're going to, you know, you know, and obviously like I'm talking about real fucking black and white sort of shit. Like I'm going to reorganize some back end of my website or whatever it might be. As much as I don't want to admit it, That is the point like where I'm like, I don't want to do this really like pencil pushing part of the job or whatever it might be for the sake of feeling like cluttered. I'm better off going out and having a conversation with someone like I I know. So it's it's hard to understand until I like give a few examples and kind of like tie it into the reality of what my day to day is like. But it's interesting in that I realize right now with how I see black ink in the future that there's something that I don't most of I don't know what black ink is in the future and obviously if we look at the bare bones of it it is an apparel brand and it is a podcast and it's probably some form of like merchant apparel production for other small businesses that's what I'm leaning into right now but the thing that I find is every integral step that black ink has taken it's been, it's been from having a conversation with someone. And this is what the fucking hardest part about being someone who works for yourself. I hate saying it, but like an entrepreneur, I, I classify myself as a problem solver. Being a problem solver is not only looking at new things you can do in the future, which can propel you and propel your business, propel your image, propel your marketing and so forth. It's looking at what you've done in the past and what has worked and what, hazard, what hasn't worked. And it's not as simple as like, oh, I employed this marketing strategy and I got this return or I didn't get this return. So therefore, I'm going to make this decision in the future. It's looking for the nuance areas in your life where it's like, oh, going for a push bike ride before I do a podcast gets me heaps better fucking like everything firing in my mind because I go out and I get blood flow. I've got to make diacon. like I've got to make decisions on my push bike that could have crazy consequences if they're not the right decision because I'm out in traffic, I've got my AirPods in, I don't have full visibility, so it's like you've got to be on the fucking ball. You've got to be thinking life or death. And like obviously when I come back I'm gonna be firing on all levels rather than like if I've been walking around this house in circles doing job for four hours jobs for four hours. I try and sit down and record a podcast, what good am I gonna be? So understanding like I'm at a point now where I'm so many months into this and now at a point where I can say like, right, black ink is my job, it makes all of my money, Here's, here's like the areas that I can tell you about, I actually have like a legible amount of experience trying different things and going through different processes where I can appreciate like, right, this catalyst right here can explain where this, this and this did well, you know, this conversation I had with this person was the original point of all of this shit that happened over here, or like, This thing that this person said on this day, I just said the same thing like three times, but you understand what I'm saying? It's like being able to go back and also like, I had a friend of mine tell me this Jordan GM friend tell me like, I'm going to butcher it, Jordan. If you're watching this, I apologize. Here's here's an element of it that I took away, but it's like being able to look at a great idea as like a funnel and understanding like, obviously your great idea of the best possible version this thing can be is sitting at the top be able to like being able to break that down to its like most minimal, cheapest amount of like producible effort and executing that super well. I feel like that's super important. So the ability to go like, right, if we're, and obviously this is a little bit off track, but it ties in, stick with me. So having like this awesome, great idea and going like, right, I want to bring this particular thing to market, right? How can we produce this the absolute cheapest, the absolute, like, just most minute, probably not the cheapest is the right word, right word, but maintain the most amount of quality for what we want, but figuring out what the smallest part of that that we can achieve is, and achieving that really well. And then doing that process over and over and over with heaps of great ideas, so that you have little indicators of success and great success in these tiny amounts of effort that you've put it in to figure out whether, like, some of these ideas have legs or not. So... It's just such a it's hard I was I was having this conversation with myself earlier today that I can uh, and I've said this before on the podcast I consider myself to be a hard worker and The thing that I, well, one of the things that I I just read reading some of these stories before is like, I consider, I've considered myself to be an imposter for a long time. As far as like people say, oh, you've got so much potential and rah, rah, rah. I've always felt like I'm the biggest imposter up until the past six months. Because not only like has the potential, has something been done with the potential, but I've made an agreement with myself that I won't stop working. If I'm going to allow Larissa to have any sort of like, financial support to support me on my dream and to let me like have full fucking capacity to go forward with my ideas and to execute them to the best of my ability then i have to make the contract with myself before anyone else that i'm going to work as hard as fucking possible that every decision that i make is only to benefit my my business my family and myself in that order and i know it's like you go crazy to say well your business is above your family you know why because that's what it fucking takes that's what it takes Sometimes you have to make a decision for your business that isn't the best thing for your partner and your fucking puppy. You know, you might have to stay up and get shit done for an extra couple hours, which means it's going to throw out your whole sleeping regime. Maybe it fucks up their day off that they had with you tomorrow, whatever it might be. That's what it fucking takes to have a business, you know, and like. People listen to songs like Runaway by Kanye West and think that like they're going to fucking go, oh, I've been putting in hard work, like they're going to have a dad for the missus. If you're having that thought, man, like trust me, you don't know what hard work is. By the time you get to a point where you fucking make a sacrifice like Kanye West is talking about in that song, dude, you, there is no denying it. You know what I mean? Like I just, I don't know. I got, I, got, I got too deep then. You know what I mean? I got too deep. It's a great song. I'm not fucking knocking the song at all. Need to have some more, some more of this coffee, I think. It just having that, having that agreement with yourself that you're a hard worker. Sorry, I got off off track. Having that agreement with myself, when you say you're a hard worker, you then have to go, okay, there's a whole bunch of like elements in here, right? You're a hard worker, right? So you got hard work and you've got you in that sentence. And when we consider like, okay, who are you to begin with? What do you consider to be hard work? And what is your comparison of the whole situation? So, are you a hard worker compared to the rock? Are you a hard worker compared to your dad? Are you a hard worker compared to an earlier version of yourself? Hey, puppy, don't chew on that. Don't chew on that. Little mop head. Hey, yes. Come here. Or don't. All good. It's um. So you can. Uh, sorry. you you hard work. Are you comparing yourself to someone else? Or are you comparing? Are you comparing yourself to yourself, an earlier version of yourself? And when I like, I, when I first started, I thought that hard work meant that I was always doing something. It meant that I was always kind of physically pushing the business forward by doing something, and that does work, right? Because if you're always doing something, that can translate down to like, right? I'm always liking and commenting photos, so I'm working on that engagement. I'm always getting content. I'm always doing something all right well, the thing that I've come to realize what I'm realizing at the moment and understand like I say in earlier podcasts like real growth real progression is the fa- is understanding the fact that we are constantly a work in progress we are never successful we are never failing but we are always moving in the direction is forward so right now my interpretation of what hard work is is it falls into this category of not necessarily obviously it's turned from like when I was younger, hard work meant that if you got home after a long day and your legs hurt and your ankles, ankles hurt and you were hungry and you're a little bit dehydrated and you fucking got big arms, then you've done a hard day's worth of work. So obviously, and the thing is like all these ideas that we have when we're a kid, if they last up to when you're like 22, 23, especially as an egotistical testosterone-fueled male who just walks around with a fucking hard cock all day, you, oh man, I just remember that grandma's gonna be watching my podcast insane that's insane by the way that feeling if you're one of these dudes that grows up with these with ideas like that and especially when it ties into your masculinity and how you identify with your with your friends and your family is this sort of thing to get yourself out of a situation where you feel um kind of like responsible to go through these physical kind of like um these physical efforts to get to that point of feeling like you've done hard work trust me walk into my business, you're not really going to actually sweat. This is the craziest thing. Like, I'm getting a little bit of fucking love handle around the center because, like, I'm not out there throwing straps over trucks. I'm not jumping in jumping in out of a truck all day. I'm not going through the plant or, you know what I mean? Like, I realistically do everything in front of my computer and my phone. And outside of that, it's riding motorbikes. It's having fun. So the hard, the concept of what hard work is and what, like, this day where I get so much done and I'm allowed to feel achieved and accomplished at the end of it, It looks totally different and understanding that not like obviously this is if you listen to my um episode about writing my my list about my achievements my ideas and the things that i'm looking forward to the interesting part about that was is that let me go through a transformative process process of understanding that achievements can even be just having realizations in your mind and this is where it all loops back to the start having that realization like oh that whole like I've just done a whole bunch of custom jerseys. I'm saying it here on the podcast for you to call, pull back on later on. That whole jersey idea was Brody Cassidy. It was Brody Cassidy, right? Brody Cassidy came to me and he said, hey man. I want to wear a black ink jersey and the management might 15,000, I haven't done it for a couple of years, it's going to be a bit of a comeback. I didn't really understand how much fucking stees Brody Cassidy carried in the motocross community. I thought he was just a good dude doing a good deed, which he was, but it was a heaps better deed than what I really appreciated at the time. So I said to Brody, like, what are you feeling? And he goes, look, this is and this exactly what you see. He designed the jersey from the fucking get, right? I got that jersey made for him. He goes out there, he wears the jersey, fucking runs the run, runs the black ink flag for me, and just like went above and beyond. We spent the whole weekend out there. We had the banner up, and like we we're all wearing black ink. I was getting around, got some videos and stuff. I'm not sure if you've seen it. If you haven't, go to my Instagram, check my reels. There's two awesome recap videos from the Manji 15,000. Staying on the, on on track here for the story. That ends up being the um, the jersey that. Well, the, that's when I kind of had this realization that I had to bring the hockey jersey back as well. So as I was like bringing the hockey jersey back, I was talking to, again, I think it was Brody. I'm like, man, I think I'm going to release this jersey because that many blokes want it to run on their motorbike that it's kind of like, fuck, why wouldn't I? You know what I mean? Why wouldn't I just like double my order, get these jerseys in as well, see how we go? And he goes, fuck yeah, man, that's, that's a good idea. So then I thought to myself, like, actually, I don't know where the idea came in for people running it as just a normal, like, everyday jersey. And I feel like, at the moment, I haven't quite marketed it properly so people realize that the motocross jersey isn't just for motocross. Like, I wore it on yesterday's podcast. I just, like, wear it down the street. It's awesome on the motorbike because it fucking, the, the, the um, cuffs here hold the fucking material. So while you're riding, it doesn't fucking fly up your arms. And it's, like, SPF 50, so, well, you know, protects the sun, protects you from the sun. Anyway, I end up bringing them to production and then I had a bunch of guys, uh, what I did was I put, uh, I put a big BX on the back, if, if you haven't seen them, I put a big BX on the back and I had a few people say to me like, we, like, there's no real room to run our name and number on them and then I had another mate, a friend, uh, friend of mine, uh, Je- Jezza Melbourne hit me up, he's like, man, we need to figure out a way where you have blank backs and then put the names and numbers on the back. And then all of a sudden, like, he has the idea and I get fucking 17 people approach me and say, hey, we want a names and number on the back. So then I go even further and figure out how to get the names and numbers sublimated on this. So you don't have that heavy kind of, um, what do you call it? Uh, what, do you, what do you call it? It's like vinyl, that vinyl feeling on, on the back of the jersey. So I was like, okay, we'll get them sublimated on the back. And now I've got fucking over a dozen people wearing... You know, the Black Ink jersey with their name and number professionally sublimated on the back. And all of that came from that conversation that I had with Brody on the phone that day. A really great idea that obviously had the potential to be super cool at the Management 15 But now we look months down the track, it's fucking branched off into so many other things. And that could be the first step, the first real proper step that I take into the motocross industry with Black Ink. And it's like that all started from that conversation. So understanding that my job actually has less to do with putting in hard work and putting in the hours and all the rest, like, yeah, sure, there has to be dedicated times during the day and during the week for study and research and understanding the industry that I'm in and, and understanding the market that I'm up against and looking at what my competitors are doing and obviously keeping my processes sharp and, and making my, my whole user, my whole customer experience being something that's kind of like spoken about and and like, what do you call it, um, appreciated and, and yeah, just like shared with others. It's all super important, but it's also important that if you meet someone kind of interesting or extraordinary or someone that takes you fucking by surprise with what they got to talk about, it's worth spending the $15 and having a fucking coffee and biscuit with that person and seeing what they got to say. Because the thing that I'm finding is you can Google something and find out a lot of information. You can talk to someone who's been in the field and have your fucking mind blown because most people, most people are really cool. Most people, if they know something, want to tell you about it. There's something human to human that you're just like, I've got this information and you want it. Here it is for free, you know? And obviously, fucking appreciative plus 10. That's all I am when I'm around people who get like, literally, I'm having these conversations where my brain's leaking out my ears because I'm so excited that I'm finding out the thing that is like the next step of my business, you know? And also... This kind of ties into what I was talking about with opportunity as well. I find that the more situations that I put myself in where I am in front of someone who's more intelligent than me, or I'm in front of someone who is in the industry that I'm involved with, just be there. You don't even really have to ask specific questions. Just be there. It's just going to fucking fall out of them organically. You know why? Because you've already told the universe that you want this to happen, you put yourself in the best possible position for it to happen, so the universe just comes along and taps on the back of their head and then the information just falls out and then it's your job to like make sure you're there to pick it up and take it away, you know what I mean? I actually fucking see things like that in my mind, how crazy is that? But this this concept of like understanding what hard work is within black ink and what hard work is to me and being able to develop my character around what is now expected of me, what my business needs from me rather than like creating this, this like hallway of what I think my business is and how I think it should act and how I think it should be perceived. Louie, please stop. Please stop. There is no one playing with you. I love that you're playing, but just not now. Okay. Don't act sad, what do you, <laughs> oh, the worst kind, <laughs> okay, all good, all good, now I feel hugely guilty, so I don't know, maybe this is a good time to ask yourself, what do you consider to be hard work? Maybe the oh man, how fucking, it's so interesting. I'm getting the most interesting people from people who I've known for years and years and years that I didn't even think they knew I had Black Ink back up and running again, right through to people that I've never fucking met before that literally came across me by accident listening to my podcast and telling me that they're getting something out of it. This is fucking wild. This is one of the byproducts. I feel like this is almost the reason some people have a podcast. This to me is just like a wild byproduct that's just like, it's just fucking nice, man. It's nice. That's all it is. It's not something I want to brag about or that I want to focus on or anything like that. Just thank you for telling me. You know what I mean? That's awesome. If you're getting something out of this, I would like to think, well, okay, I'll tell you this. I don't want to get too fucking la dar about it, but obviously, like, I have a bit of an illustrious past with the bloody, um, I don't know, just with uh how do I say it poetically without sounding like a, a delinquent? I just... I just have a lot of... I mean, this this talks about it. What I'm going to read kind of talks about it. I just, I've just i had a lot of interesting experiences with a lot of diverse people, right? And one thing that I found when I was in kind of the, the pinnacle, my early 20s when shit was just crazy. Maybe when I'm a fucking a little bit down the track, we can, we can talk about it more with, you know... Anyway, so I, I used to find that like... And understand that I'm saying this. I'm just coming from a point of view where I'm just telling you, right? I'm not... I'm not like bragging about anything. I'm just, this is, I'm telling you how it was perceived from my point of view as it was happening, right? When there was a crowd, when there was people, especially like at my house or at at pre-drinks or at kick-ons or something, especially kick-ons, if there was a crowd of people and everyone's doing their thing and I start talking about just thoughts, just life, like what I do on this podcast every day, I would just start talking about something or someone would ask me a question, I would answer it. It would be normal that the entire audience gravitates to listening to, to me. And I remember that this would become such a common occurrence. And there may even be someone watching this right now going like, I remember those conversations. Like there were definitely things that like people knew about to the point that I would have people that I didn't know come up to me like in town or stuff being like saying, oh, you're the guy who like says heaps of wild shit and it all makes sense. And it's like, it was weird stuff like that. And something, I had this super interesting guy in my life. He um he was like a few years older than me. He would go to go to Burning Man every year. He was just like a local Bunbury dude. Just fucking wild, you know what I mean? And he was, he was, uh, I wanna, like, I don't know what the meaning of the word is, but I wanna say he was an occultist or something. Like, he, he was, uh, he practiced some sort of, I'm not sure. Anyway, we're we're in my, um, we're in my kitchen one day and we're not smoking bongs or anything, but he, uh, he looked across, uh, oh, oh, how's this set up on it? He looked across, he put his hair back and he said, you know what, man? (laughs) He didn't do any of that. But no, he said to me, I forget how the conversation, it went exactly, but he said, oh, that you're a teacher. It's like you're someone who you don't really have to understand the depths of like academia. It's more someone you're just like you observe life from a particular point of view. You're able to like assess what's going on, break down how you see it and translate that to someone else using analogies and examples and give a really kind of vivid picture of what you're explaining to help them understand their life a little bit better. And it's kind of one thing when you hear that at that time under that influence where you're like, yeah, of course I'm a fucking teacher. And then the next day you're like, dude, what the fuck? You probably, you know what I mean? Probably shouldn't, anyway. But there's something that rings true to that. There is, obviously there is something like, the, the one thing that I'm hearing from a lot of people is I have some sort of gift, whatever this is, to be able to talk to the camera and have ideas and have opinions and say them clearly. That's the thing that I'm talking about. Whether or not, whether or not I'm a teacher per se or whether I, whether or not I, I, I validate anything that he said in that moment, there is definitely something going on there. What this has got to do with fucking anything, I don't know. I think, yeah, I think it ties into hard work, I guess. Look, here's what I'm going to do. I've got, I've got a crispy 10 minutes left. I'm going to read this. We're going to talk about this after the fact, and then I might fucking loop back to hard work, all right? How does that sound? Let me have some water. I'm going to catch my breath. Right Now, this is called Stories and Tales. It was written on the 23rd of January, 2020. Right. So I took chances in my young adult life that I hoped would one day leave me with stories and tales worth repeating around a fire, perhaps a humble brag, but more so as encouragement for others to live further past the line of comfort they choose to live by. I've been lucky that my stories have mostly ended with smiles and enamoring feeling of success even if there was a little doubt or danger mixed even if there was a little doubt or danger mixed in along the way. My stories, however, become bizarre to the point that I don't even think of them anymore. On occasion, I read rec- recounts of weekends or adventures I wrote years ago and somehow cannot even recognise the handwriting that wrote it. I have memories I don't trust, as I assume my mind has decorated for the sake of the audience enabling me more as perhaps the wild man I am not. All of the stories have the same handful of elements. Nights, girls, risk, drugs, money and anything that passes through the hands of the devil before landing in mine. Sometimes I even have, sto- have stories told to me about occasions I've been involved in that sound unbelievable and I have zero recollection of anything. I guess I'm lucky. I jumped in the deep end and somehow knew how to swim instantly. I've always made lemonade when I could, and a quick buck when available, and somehow I sit here without scars, a conviction, a child, or even an STD. Somehow I walked through hell, and instead of getting burnt, I made friends with the man himself. I remember at, to- at the time people called me a genius, a wiser me asked if they were the words of fools, though I still value the fact that I was definitely in the pocket. Maybe one day I'll tell stories I remember, Until then, I guess, I'll keep making them. So obviously heaps to digest there. Obviously heaps to take in. Um, I think it's really interesting, but obviously because I referenced that, uh, that earlier stage of my 20s where things were a little bit more chaotic and wild. And I think that's a really good simple representation of how I still see it now, even though I wrote that about a year and a half ago. I think what... I find bizarre is like how lucky I got. And I've said this to a few friends recently, like sometimes I think about instances and look, everybody has these stories, please. I'm not saying that I had any sort of like crazy experience. It's any different to anyone else's. This is just like, obviously this is, that's the thing about what normalcy is to everyone. Your normal is your normal and my normal is my normal cause we don't know anything else. You know what I mean? That's the bizarre part about normal. So obviously this seems normal, I do know that when I talk to people, even in similar, yeah, look, it's just, it is what it was. It, 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 it is what it is, you know? And the thing that I realize now is like, I think with maturity, I just, instead of having that almost, um, like amazement that that happened and I did get so lucky, I now kind of hold my breath and think like, what for though? You know, like what the fuck, you know, at the same time, you know, obviously, humans have a way of saying this just so bullshit, but oh, I wouldn't change it even if I could. Yeah. Because you don't know what would happen any other way. You know what I mean? Like there's a thing, like we like to say, we go back and change this one thing, but part of being a human is just like actually appreciating what's going on while it's happening and like leaning into it. So I feel like I, you know what? I don't even have that fucking that hold in my breath thing. I think there's just a part of me that now the older I get, I'm super glad that I, I said yes more than I said no and I think at the time I was super scared that I wasn't saying yes enough and that kind of like that pushed me to do a lot more like I feel like I started doing all the shit super late like I didn't start smoking fucking cigarettes until like you know into my 20s stupid stupid you know but that was like part of the journey for me it's one of those things where I think smoking cigarettes became part of my identity so, identity so much so that it was like something to be Something to talk about when I took it away from it, you know, like it was something that I had like such an intimate relationship with. It's like, oh, I'm not just fighting addiction here; I'm fighting like a character crisis, crisis within myself, because I identify as someone who smokes. Now, obviously, going into a conversation we've had earlier, am I someone who identifies as someone who smokes because the addiction is so strong, or is it because I grew up around people who were smoking cigarettes and like it was always something that I wasn't allowed to do? It was like you know like you know christian girls are always the easiest to get with because they're not meant to be having sex before marriage so of course that's exactly what they want to do it's kind of like you know my parents would always separate me from them when they were going to have a smoke so it's like oh i want to be a part of that crowd psychologically not saying that my parents made me to smoke as i'm saying this is the thing that i feel happened subconsciously to a lot of my generation a lot of kids who knew better Where the generation grow- growing up knowing that smoking is bad for you yet still fucking started smoking you know anyway Getting off the track, uh, <clears throat> I think the cool part is is that I get I am someone who who the fucking crazy part is if blacking you know not if when blacking turns into exactly what it's going to turn into, the bizarre part is like I've kind of got that at the start of it you know I I think it's interesting to go through, I think uh here, here's here's an analogy that like I heard a comedian say which I think is really uh interesting I'm saying like if you're like a nerdy dude. And, you, you know, you never really got chicks or whatever in school. You don't really understand the whole process of like, you know, the the give and take and the chase and things like that. As soon as you get money and then chicks want to be with you because of that money, you're going to have like, not you're going to, but it's more likely that there's like a resentful sort of um, attraction there rather than just like, oh yeah, this hot chick wants to be with me because, you know, like if you've already like breaking it down, if you've already had a hot chick, then having hot chicks isn't anything more than just like, oh, you're a chick. You know what I mean? Sorry, but like, you still fucking fart like everyone else. You know, like, it's, I, I feel like it's really important to have like, to almost live the king's life before you become a prince so that when you do become the king, it's not enamoring to you. You're just like, okay, I've got responsibility now I'm here. And this is exactly the same as like, you like, if someone offered you, like a million dollars right now or said like, look, if you definitely just keep working on your path and keep doing what you're doing, you have $5 million in five years time, which one would you rather? The responsible answer is working for the $5 million and understanding those problems as they happen. And I mean that like, you know, at the moment I'm dealing with $2,000 problems only because like six months ago, I was dealing with 20 and $80 problems. I always did what I could afford. $80 turns into $150, turns into $500, turns into $1,200, turns into $2,000. And like, I have no doubt that in six months time, I'll be dealing with probably $5,000 problems and $10,000 problems. So you get to a point where the weight of dealing with a $100,000 problem or a million dollar problem, and when I say problem, every problem can be solved. It's just like the next obstacle. You're not nervous about dealing with that. And I mean that, like cross referencing that to like say the girl analogy. If you're that nerdy dude who all of a sudden This chick who's just like You've only ever witnessed on the internet Is now calling you daddy And fucking saying the wildest shit you've only ever dreamed of You kind of don't know how to handle that And like obviously tying in like The whole sexual thing into it kind of gives it that Like obviously there's room for like Weird emotional kind of um, Backlash like You know being resentful of the attractive female In general rather than like I've got too deep into the thing What I'm saying is, is like I think it's kind of good that I had these bizarre experiences when I was young because now I'm getting into a place where I'm focusing on building like a social group and all the rest. I kind of don't have time for all the like pointless, bizarre, immature shit. I can now just go like, okay, this is cool, fun stuff. And even like a little bit of stuff that's outside of the law. Like if you guys want to go do wheelies and burnouts and all the rest, I'm not going to be the one who's going to go tell you to do it, but I'm not going to be the one to stop you either because I appreciate like what it takes to have a good time. And look, I probably didn't explain myself very good with this fucking, with this story. I just, uh, you know what? I just thought it was interesting. I I feel like I, that was like the first one that I read. Oh man, I got a low battery thing. But yeah, that was the first, first one that I read and it kind of, I was like, oh, that's interesting and rings a little bit true. So I wouldn't mind, I wouldn't mind reading that out. But yeah, yeah, look. We've spoken enough today, okay? I always feel like I have some crazy responsibility to like add this weird value that I have to like extract the best part of my brain and give to you as the audience. But also maybe I just, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I hold my breath for too long. I don't know. But what I do know is that I've got 45 minutes done and dusted. This is me for your Wednesday morning. Look, I hope you're having fun. I hope you're smiling. I hope you're full of love and joy. Oh, and by the way, I meant to say this right at the start. Don't forget that I mentioned this yesterday with the like feeling good thing, the Joe Rogan thing where I shit the bed. Don't forget if you're not feeling great, there's a few things you can do, right? You can drink water. You can have some fruit. You can go for a walk. More sensibly, you can go for a run. Even if you think you can't run, just get exercise, get blood flow. You know what I mean? Get to the point where your fucking chest hurts a little bit. Have that little mini heart attack. That's what fucking living is. You understand? You can do all of those things before you start taking a tablet or before you start expressing how shitty you feel to other people. You can take responsibility for how you feel. And even if you think the things that I mentioned aren't going to help you, chances are most likely you're wrong, you know? So drink some water, do some exercise, eat some fruit and veg, you know what I mean? Go to bed early, get off Instagram, listen to more Black Ink podcasts. obviously, naturally, organically, and you'll fucking feel fine. But yeah, if you feel bad after that, probably consult your GP because obviously not a medical fucking professional at all whatsoever. But I am a dude who's got a podcast and I'm signing this bitch out. Yo!